Hi, Stuart. <laughs> Hello, sir. How are things these days? Things are good. You know, we're here at the at the convention, and it's nice to be here. It's 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 good to see uh, USABP in action, and uh, and the the loving support that comes really down from the top. It's very nice to be present in it. Mm. So, uh, Stuart, uh, you know, I know that uh, your vision has changed over time. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your vision is these days? Uh, well, my vision, or maybe it's, you know, um, core energetics. Well, let me say it differently. Where I am in my life is, is I'm more aware these days, more than ever, that the skills that we have and the training that we have and, and how much knowledge that we have is not really what makes people's lives change. It's not really what makes them heal. It's not really what makes them um, have significant improvement in, in, in their fulfillment of life. I think what it is that does that is what I would call a spiritual connection. So not the training, not the skills, but a spiritual connection. Yeah, I don't mean you don't need to be trained. I mean, you can't walk in off the street and say, you know, okay, I'm a spiritual man, you're healed, you know. But I think the training needs to sort of take a back seat. The training needs to serve the intuition or needs to serve what I would call the spiritual connection, you know, serve your, your higher power, your God self, your core, is what we call it in core energetics. So the... Um the spiritual connection and the intuition. Yeah, I, I think it's the same yeah. in a certain way. You know, the intuition comes from your connection to something that's not in your mind, something greater than a concept, something greater than what do I do now? You know, I don't know what to do. I'm the one that's got to do it. You know, uh, I have to know how to fix this problem. I think it's just the opposite. Mm. I think. I think if the prayer is, please God help me not know what I have to do, um, just be with this person, see them and, and love them, the skills that you have manifest and you take a parallel journey with the client that enables them to, to go to the place that they need to go. So you get out of your own way, out of your own mind. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what happens in a session for those moments? How does it manifest? Good question. And does it always? You know, I mean, I think I think the goal is to have it manifest as much as possible. You know, um, and uh, again, for me, the tool is is prayer. Mm -hmm. you know, I think I think in some ways, you know, the people that don't know about core energetics, um, it, we get a certain kind of a bad rep from uh, core energetics as a catharsis for getting rid of uh, your anger or getting out aggression you know? mm -hmm. and I think a lot of our work you know has to do with the shadow side and moving energy and but but it it, it basically the main teaching of the work from John Parakis has always been about the heart you know and I think um, what we're doing more and more is whatever you do if there's no heart involved it's, just, it's not going to help yeah. you know it's about the relationship with you with the, the with the practitioner and about the relationship having a connection that's, that involves your heart. So relationship with the heart, and uh, you say that's all this stuff about anger, about the, the dark yes. side. So how do you 
So that doesn't go away, and then mm-hmm. we work with that. But let me answer your other question, which I didn't fully answer. The, the thing that I'm sort of proposing is that we actually, in the middle of our sessions, pray. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the people who don't have a and don't accept it as a prayer concept, something that something you're aware something isn't happening that should be happening. So you stop, and it doesn't have to be out loud. A client doesn't have to know. Um, but it's something that gives you an intention to come to take the work from a different place in yourself. Not about having the client do something. The prayer is for you to get out of your way. Please, God, help me not have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, I want to just check with you if calling it prayer uh, and... Uh, the sense of please God is important, or if it's okay for somebody who would not, yeah. you know, traditionally think about God uh, to do this work. Thanks for the question. I mean, and it's I think it's what comes up. I mean, I think when I teach this thing in places that aren't actually part of the core training, um, there's a lot of I don't believe in God. What do I do in this kind of place? Um, I surely don't believe that there's an entity. I mean. I think these are things that that many people feel. Um, I I think uh, for me to sort of own and claim that I do believe at this point in my life is like a major thing for me because I didn't always. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I don't think it has. I I think the people who say that they don't believe in God can be the most spiritual people you ever meet. You know, I, I think it's a matter of having a capacity to contact your inner wisdom. You know, your own inner truth. So I want to just stay there a little bit because since you're mentioning God and prayer, you know, and as something that is so crucial, it makes sense for people who are not necessarily familiar for, with core to not think that there's some kind of a litmus test that you have to believe in God or a certain <laughs> preconception of God in order to be comfortable in the core community. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's no. It's not. A, it's. It's. I, the belief is not. Uh, a belief in an, in, a, in a God. A, the belief is that there's something beyond your mind. I yeah. think you do have to have, you do have to feel and believe. I think anybody that's doing this work with whatever modality you're using, if your work is working, the reason it's working is you're doing something that's not mind directed. It's something that's coming from a connection. We all do that at some point or other. So, so really, the um, in a way, uh, the. Uh, uh, statement is that as you hear God, you can very easily interpret it as I'm just talking about something that's beyond your mind, something larger than just your mind, uh, a sense of a moment of wanting to stop and connect to something larger than your mind. Could you even call it simply inner wisdom. Inner wisdom. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm calling that God. Yeah. Okay. So, so there is something that feels right for you to call it God, but it doesn't have to be for somebody who's involved it, in this work. It's, you know, I think in my life, the concept of it, of there being some spiritual entities, you know, uh, is a is a big concept for me personally. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, in terms of teachings, or that anybody has to have that concept mm-hmm. that, to understand the uh, the concept that I'm trying to express here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a belief that there is whatever, that there's a, 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 a being that 
that's a, yeah. that's a God, right? But the belief is in that inner wisdom, exactly. or that something larger, whatever name it has, that one can contact exactly. by going beyond skills, training, moment, mind, striving, and just making room for it. Yes. Yes. And to answer your other question that you asked before, which was so, where does the anger work come in in the session, or yeah. so how is that? Related, it's okay that I take you back there. Sure, that's um, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because um, the energetic part of core energetics is most of the time not about anger. It's about it's about moving energy to get somebody mm-hmm. more present in their body so that they're able to take a journey. I know that that whole sentence hang together to make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people come to a session or people come to therapy you know pay a lot of money go to a lot of stuff and do everything they can to avoid taking a journey you know yeah so the the places physically that that are involved in helping someone avoid the journey is locked in the body I mean I think most of us that are doing this work have some form that agrees with that and I think we all have different ways of, of what we do with it. But um, the core energetics way is a, is a charge-discharge model, mm-hmm. which, puts, which puts something physical on the places in the body that are held. And so hitting, for instance, or punching, or doing something of that nature, what the purpose of it isn't to, to be angry or to kill something. The purpose of it is to release the holding places in the shoulders and the upper part of the body. Mm-hmm. And when that's done... You know uh, what happens is the person becomes more present in the moment, more grounded, more available to go to a deeper, more difficult place than yeah. if they hadn't done it. Yeah. So, so really, um, the uh, the concept is meaningful. Is that's why uh, John Pirakos uh, always made the link between consciousness and energy, and not just about energy, not just about the movement. Exactly. Well. If I could say that differently, um, which, I mean, I'm agreeing with you 100%, but if someone has a mental experience that they understand something, a consciousness experience, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't it doesn't make life change. They, mm-hmm. they understand it, and the next day, things are the same. If someone has a deep emotional experience, you know, and without understanding what happened, without the consciousness, it also doesn't make life change. You need both. Yeah. You need emotional experience and the conscious understanding of it. But also what you were describing just before of uh, moving energy, uh, it's not just anger work, it's not just expressing anger, it's moving energy. And this is why in the core energetics model it is possible to move energy uh, as a prelude to doing further work. Exactly, exactly. I I love that sentence. That's a <laughs> prelude to do further work. Yeah. It's not necessarily that you're going to work, wait for somebody to have a certain movement that's going to turn into uh, the movement. Exactly. But, uh, at that moment, you do the moving simply to free up the energy, to get the energy and movement, give you the momentum to do work. And that's, there's a lot of people that disagree with that, mm-hmm. you know, that would say, well, you're, crea- you're setting up an artificial situation or something. If somebody comes in, they may want to talk about something else. And, and I'm saying, the beginning of the session, you have somebody move their energy so you make them more available to take the journey. 
Right. Even though it's not like, it's in a certain sense, it's not organic because they didn't come in with something that's, that sent them in the direction of moving energy. It's just a mechanical thing. Right. They said, let's do it. But then it has a different function that when energy moves organically, because at that moment you're simply moving energy to start getting exactly. some momentum to, exactly. to make it possible to move. And it does, even though it starts as a mechanical thing, it has a profound effect. I mean, it, that, that the, the fact that you're initiating it from a, you know, from a conceptual place in a certain way, saying, let's go do this, um, it doesn't change the fact that it, that it has effect. Mm-hmm. You know? When you do and you move the energy and you do it in a way that's 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 meaningful, it's going to affect you and you're going to be in a softer, more available, more vulnerable place. Right, and it doesn't mean that there's not times where actually energy you, you make, you have you take actions in an organic way. Of course, yeah, that would be di- that would be different. You know? So it's not a thing of just it's always going to be organic or it's never be exactly. But you know, in core energetics, you have two moments of moving energy: one that's organic and one to simply create energy. Exactly. I'm 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 recommending more and more that people do this creating one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because what it, what I see when when it's done is that the that the session is able to go deeper faster. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you won't get there. Yeah, it means you'll get there. You'll get there. Someone will talk for half an hour and then move some energy. The session's almost over by the time they get to a place that they're available to go someplace. If they do it the other way around and move the energy first, the conversation, the talk, goes much deeper, much faster. Yeah. So, so that really in that part. Energy is really a means to an end, a vehicle, a way to change the tenor of the of the session. To make to make the feelings and, and the vulnerability more available. Yeah. So um, uh, as as this happens, um, you know, what's the role of what we were talking about before, of the moment of prayer? Well, the prayer might be something to the effect of, um, uh, please, to, I mean, again, if I, I'll stay with my words, which, mm-hmm. which has a God concept to it, but it would be something like, please, God, help this person uh, be able to go to the deepest place they possibly can. The prayer would be like, while they're doing it, the prayer is to sort of support their journey. Most of the prayer that I'm trying to talk about in this, that I'm suggesting that people do that they that I think isn't done, I think I think what I'm saying about wishing the client well and calling it a prayer, I believe most people that are doing the work that's working are doing that in some form, whatever you're calling it. The thing that I think most people are not doing is praying when nothing is happening. You know, mm. when something, not nothing is happening, but you don't know what to do. I mean, we all have places in the work where it seems to be stuck, if I could put quotes yes. around that. Now, what what happens when the work gets stuck is 90% of the time, the therapist feels responsible to manifest something mm-hmm. and does some kind of action or behavior for the purpose of feeling responsible to fix something. And invariably, whatever they do does not come from a core-centered place that's going to really help. 
So I'm going to maybe try to translate that in uh, in different words to see if it would feel okay. You know, right. to to see how without using God in okay. my work. <laughs> so um, as a therapist, you're in the middle of a session where suddenly you feel stuck. Nothing's happening, and the normal human tendency is to start to feel responsible, to feel a weight and a sense of trying to figure it out and at that moment what's really important is to remember I don't have to figure it out I have to just let it happen and trust in something larger uh, that is going to actually organically uh, bring something good from that Mm -hmm. and have a sense of trust that something good can come out of that Yes, I would add a little piece to it. I love what you said, Serge. Um, the, the thing I would add is, um, I'd even make it stronger, like the prayer for me is, please God help me not have to do anything. Mm. To the, the strong place that I want to say is, at that time, the task is not to do anything. Not to, you know, right. And, and to, when you're saying trust, I agree, it's to... It's to have the responsibility for the journey be the client's, not yours. So a profound sense of acceptance that what is at this moment is okay and that it's maybe right for the client and you're not going to try and manipulate it into something. Exactly. You're not going to control it. You're not going to fix it. You're not going to make it better. You're not going to get credit for it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get blamed for it. Yeah. None of that. So, so, uh, you know, in that sense, a very deep sense of acceptance of what is. Mm-hmm. An acceptance that there's a humility in it. And a humility, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an acceptance that it's not my great magical powers that are making this person better. Yeah. And maybe part of, I can see how, you know, in body-related therapies, there is a sense of wanting to have the godlike powers because so much of what you can do in a body psychotherapy, chiefly one like core, which is very spectacular, is to create spectacular effects. Mm-hmm. So the humility is the counterpart to that. When you create spectacular effects, you have to ask who they're for. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, is it is this for the client or for me to create a spectacular effect? Mm-hmm. Um, because the effect doesn't, you know, spectacular sometimes looks very small. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's a good transition to the part that for many people from the outside think about core as something that is, you know, a lot of noise and uh, high effects. And can core actually also be softer? Core is softer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think so. You Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I think everything I've been saying is about the soft place and core. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the again to go back to John Paracas, his teachings had to do with um, it's all about your heart. It's about love. It's about your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I think that that it is all about love and about your heart. I'm calling it spiritual, whatever, however you want to call it. But, but if you don't have that. The best technique that's most perfect therapy, the greatest interventions with the wisest wisdom, are not going to affect anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's about the relationship. The, the clients come for you, you know, for the practitioner. They come to make, because they have something about you that appeals to them. 
mm-hmm. and the the chemistry in that you know is is what makes this stuff happen the chemistry in the relationship and the chemistry means your genuine ability to see them and care about them which is the soft place from that place you can do a hard technique they can they can work on the killer and the cruelty you know and, yeah. and we all need to work on our killer and our cruelty so I want to spend a little more time on this because it is a little paradoxical for somebody who's not familiar with it the part about uh, you know the killer the hard thing the beating up the anger the energy uh, and also talking about the love and the softness okay so what does it mean you know in cornjex we call it the lower self i mean uh, the shadow self i mean everybody's got lots of different names for it but but the the uh, the concept is that we all have a place in us that's cruel hostile doesn't care about anyone else wants to take what we can get and push anyone out of our way that's in our way the problem is that that place is so distasteful to us that we don't admit it to ourselves mm-hmm. other people see it more than we see it usually so the work is about having permission to see it and still know you're okay and and spiritual so that is not you don't put uh, an either or far from that yeah exactly exactly it's like to accept that you have this place in yourself it's not all of you and that owning it and revealing it and making contact with it lets it go away it doesn't mm-hmm. well go away is the wrong word lets it not harm you and uh, harm others it lets it take a back seat because you are become aware of it you become conscious of it you become you don't become its slave when it's when it's unconscious it, it rules you in some way right so it's not a question of purifying yourself so this place disappears from you it's inherently in all of us exactly if we're going to stay human we're going to we're going to die with it right <laughs> you know and it doesn't we don't we don't even want it to go away you know you don't want to you don't want to eliminate what you want to do is have, make it conscious so it doesn't have to affect you Mm-hmm. In, in the times that it's that it's just doing its thing without your awareness. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true with all our protections and defenses too. Mm-hmm. Um, we you don't want to eliminate them. You want to you want to know when they're there so you can choose to not go there. You could choose away from what we would call the higher self, the God self, the the, the place of wisdom, mm-hmm. the core. So there's a very loving attitude and also a very accepting attitude to who we are. Yes, and I think the, if I if anything comes across in this thing for me, the message I would like to help have is that people become aware that core energetics is is a gentle method. It's not, you know, I mean it uses it uses the energetic component and it uses you know the the lower self work. But not not for the place of uh, getting it out or of being hard or of uh, um, exploring aggression. Mm-hmm. It uses it for the place just the opposite to get to the core and the higher self and the softer places and to be live from your vulnerability. Yeah, so to to go beyond that shell. Exactly. That becomes uh, it's possible to go beyond it once you're really aware of its existence. Exactly. 
and the show we would call the mask, you know, mask. you know, which is the the place that's presenting the face to the world, but isn't really your truth. Mm-hmm. So maybe I want to touch mm-hmm. on some other things that you have introduced and added. Is a part about intensives and uh, uh-huh. working with other people. And, uh, you know, just uh, also the whole aspect of community as part of the healing process. And see if you want to say a few words about that. A few words. I mean, this. how long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could talk about this for days now. Um, I'm not sure how to to summarize, but maybe to say uh, I have a I have a very strong connection to community Mm -hmm. Um, it's my belief that people heal and take a deeper journey and learn I mean in in an institution where you teach if there's a community involved people learn faster and better and and deeper Mm -hmm. if the community is safe if they can ask questions that are stupid questions and not feel humiliated for asking them you're creating an environment where people can learn if there's a community of students that are ahead of you and behind you, it creates a certain safety. Um, I also believe that um, that that teaching is done better in a community, and and the way we do it at Core Energetics, there isn't. We don't have individual teachers; we have teams of teachers. Mm-hmm. So each year of the training has a team of usually it's someplace between six and eight teachers that are there for that class. It doesn't mean they're all in the class at the same time, but they all prepare the classes together. So there's a community aspect on the teacher side, mm-hmm. and there's a community aspect on the student side. There's a lot of stuff done together, and it's it's done in residence so that all, all the trainings are going on at the same time. So that in itself creates a big community. I mean, our, our training weekends have 120 people. You know? Yeah. And um, there, there's, so there's a lot of possibility it creates a certain excitement it creates a certain eros you mm-hmm. know and I believe that that's much more conducive for learning and, 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 and teaching right um, so now intensives um, but so maybe well, just to stay okay. to stay for the uh, the teaching itself uh, that in a way a key part of the experience of learning core energetics is not just the curriculum, is not just uh, whatever happens in the classroom, but is actually that experience of being in a very intense community. Exactly. Uh, is is an integral part. Yeah, very much. And it isn't just classes. I mean, you're there for four days, and things happen in the evenings. There are programs, and there's there's community meetings that are that are not like business meetings. They're they're process meetings. There's a yes. lot of process. There's the belief is, you know, my belief is very strong that you have to take your own journey. Yes. You can't help someone on a journey without taking the journey. But just the part I want to emphasize is that it's not just, um, in a way, a journey that you go in and out of, but when you're in the training part in the four days, uh, it's a very intense process. Exactly. And a lot of the work that I do is with the faculty, like... Like when I said there's six to eight people on a team, they get into competition with who's going to do what and who's better. And, and I work with, I have meetings with them each in each training to deal with their issues with each other so that they come to a more unitive place with each other and they model a certain kind of caring for each other 
that transmits to the to the students and enables them to feel safer to take their journey. Right. And and part of the safety is not in people being perfect, but in the sense that there is ongoing process. That everybody is everybody is on the it's is working on themselves. Yeah. Including me. Yeah. Lord knows I'm definitely not <laughs> finished. <laughs> And so we, I just cut you off when you were going to talk about the uh, the intensives. Well, I, I I mean I think that the the truth of the matter is that the teams for the faculty came out of my idea of the intensive. I mean, which was a uh, it took me something like ten years to create it, um, but it's a it's an experience that we that's as, actually as part of the training. The students at the end of their third year, it's a four year training. At, at the end of their third year. They they have a, a an experience for four days where clients come and and pay to have you know to 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 have an intense experience and teams of three students work with one client so the client has three therapists working mm-hmm. with them and um, and it creates community again you have the community of the therapists and the clients and um, they have different experiences. The clients have not just sessions with the therapists, but s- interactive experiences that help them, that come out of the sessions to help them take their journey. Yeah. So it's a deep process for the clients and a deep process for the therapists. And the therapists also get immediate supervision mm-hmm. because before they do the sessions and after they do the sessions, they meet with me and we talk about um, what they've done and what they're going to do and any supervision that might be required and the same kind of thing of dealing with competition. Mm-hmm. So all of that happens you know, in a, in a residential environment and the people who are the clients in a, in a, in a, they're there only for three days um, have a really deep experience very deep, profound experience. Yeah, yeah. It's very transformational. And so that, that uh, in a way, this is something where um, the uh, number of therapists that are for a given client and the process that the therapists themselves are part of create a very powerful container. Exactly, exactly. They create a community. A community. Or even, it starts out actually as two communities, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, there's a therapist community and there's a client community. There's a giver's community and a mm-hmm. receiver's community. Mm-hmm. And my premise is that when you're truly giving from a place that, that's there, that has come to this experience for the sake, sake of giving to these clients whatever it is you possibly can, at the end of it, you don't know who the givers are <laughs> and who the receivers are. Yeah. There, there's that kind of giving you receive so much, it's, it's indescribable. And maybe that, again, is part of the spiritual aspect of core. Exactly. I think it is. I think it's the source of it. The source of spirituality is is generosity and giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe we have two life tasks. Mm-hmm. You know, and from one of them is to is to deal with our own personality distortions and defenses and to heal them as much as we can in this lifetime. And the other life task is to do whatever we can to help others. Mm. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you very much, sir. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website relationalimplicit.com.